Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These these are your notes about what we're going to say. What does it say? it would be a good... (laughs) I didn't even get to idea. Maybe I can just ask you the question. (laughs) It's going well. It's going really well. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. As always... I'm Jamie, and joining me today is photographer and author of Little Stories of Your Life, Laura Pashby. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me. Let's talk about your newly released book, Little Stories of Your Life, a love letter to storytelling, creativity, moment, and self. Tell us about it. Okay, um, so Little Stories of Your Life is a um, it's a non-fiction book, and it's about the beauty of ordinary days and the magic that we find when we pay attention to the details of our lives. It's an exploration of storytelling, creativity, moment, and self, um, and it's about finding our stories and ourselves in small everyday moments. So it's a meditation on storytelling, but it's also got lots of creativity exercises to um, encourage readers to sort of find ways to tell their own little stories. Amazing. And the focus of the book is it's a storytelling book really looking at very small stories, the sort of details of our days, rather than maybe the uh, larger sort of picture of our whole life story. Yeah. So what sort of, um, just an example of what kind of creative exercises are in the book? So um, in each chapter, there's a um, photography exercise and Mm -hmm. there's also a um, journaling exercise. So um, the aim of it being to sort of I mean, you can obviously use it in lots of different ways, but if you work through the exercises as you read the book, then um, it's it sort of helps to inspire you and encourage you to find different ways to sort of tell your own stories with words, but also with um, pictures. Yes. So as as a photographer, um, the book is also obviously there's a lot of imagery involved with the book. Is it mm. about fifty percent imagery for fifty percent sort of um, prose? Um, I would say that it's more of um, a prose book that's sort of illustrated with photographs. Right. Um, So, you know, you could take out the photographs and still read it as a sort of piece of prose. Um, But obviously the photographs help to to tell the stories that I'm telling because I do include stories from my own life in the book as sort of examples and to sort of um, connect up the things that I'm saying. Um, Mm. And also just really to give a sense of of ways in which you can use photography to tell to tell stories but the idea is is um that you can tell fo- uh, stories with words you can tell stories with pictures or you can sort of combine the two yes indeed do you think you're a photographer first that's a really good question um <laughs> <laughs> actually no i don't think i am at all um okay. i would say i was i was a writer first both sort of chronologically and kind of you know in terms of which Okay. which I love the most. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've always, I was a very sort of bookish child and I was always writing little stories in, you know, 
notebooks and <laughs> you know, as you do when you're a child. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I did um, English literature at university and a master's in poetry. So it's, I kind of came at it from that direction. And oh, the photography okay. has sort of gone alongside that. But I would say I'm a writer who takes photographs rather than a photographer who writes, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But this is the first book that you've published. Is it the first book that you've written? It is, yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes it's not, you know, a lot of people will write two or three uh, books, or, yeah. whether it's novels or, or nonfiction or whatever, um, before they do get published. So it's always I mean, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have written various pieces for magazines and things yeah. like this, but this was the sort of first time I'd written a, yeah, a book and, and, and the first time I'd written anything of this length, really. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. It's just art, sort of articles before. Yes. Yes. Okay. Was it was it always? You said you were very bookish when you were younger, and you were a writer first. Have you always wanted to write a book, put a book out into the world? Yeah, I'm, it's it was interesting actually when I um, when I got the um, publishing contract for the book and when I started writing the book. Lots of people that I told friends and family was like, oh, I always knew you wanted to write a book. And I was slightly <laughs> taken aback because I don't think that I necessarily always knew that I wanted to write a book. But um, I think it's a, I think it was maybe something that you know when you, you when you want something so much, but you maybe think that it's not going to be a possibility. Um, and I think it was only quite recently in the last few years that I thought actually yes, no, I think this is something that I could do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, I think I think it's always been a dream. Yeah, and then have you had that moment where you've gone to the bookshop, seen the book, held it in your hands? I have. I mean, the, the slightly um, it was almost a bit of a full circle, really, because I, this book, like I suppose, quite a lot of books that are published at the moment, was very much tied up with lockdown. Um, yeah. In that, I submitted the proposal to my now agent the sort of week before the schools closed. Um, and so then, and I ended up writing it during lockdown. And then as it happened, when, um, when the book came out, I had COVID, so I couldn't go out and see oh, it no. in the bookshop <laughs> for the first week. Um, so when I first went to see it and my local bookshop had it in the window, I mean, it was, yeah, it was amazing. I went, went and, um, there it was in the window and then I went in and, uh, signed their copies for them. And that, <laughs> yeah, just fantastic feeling. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. And your your agent, it's um, Caroline Hardman. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Hardman Hardman Swainson. What was um, what was this kind of process for for that? Was it open submission? Um, so what happened was that um, I did a course called the Book Proposal Masterclass, which is Beth Kempton's course. Okay. Um, Beth Kempton's agent is also Caroline Hardman, and the Book Proposal Masterclass, which is a course about how to write a non-fiction book proposal. Um, so I did that in November 2019. Um, and as part <laughs> yeah. of that course... <laughs> just before everything. <laughs> just before everything kicked off. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, the timing was kind of crazy. Mm. Um, so that, that, you know, the course um, just sort of walks you through, really, the process of um, taking a book idea to an a proposal and then sort of what to do with the proposal how to how to pitch it how to send it off um oh, and as part of that course there were some um sessions of the course which were 
um, you know, involved videos that Caroline, uh, an interview with Caroline that Beth had filmed. So I, I sort of had a sense of, of who she was. Right. Um, and then when I put my, I, I, I finished the course um, in December and then sort of put my book proposal together over January and February. And I got to the point where I was like, well, I think it's ready. And, you know, I just events kind of meant that I just had to send it really. I just thought I'm going to have yeah. to do this now because I knew that the following week, all three of my children were going to be off school and it, you know, it was now and ever. Oh, yeah. okay. So I sent it to Caroline. Um, and actually I didn't expect her to, um, come back and want it really I it was almost sort of well I'll, I'll try Caroline and then if that doesn't work I'll, I'll sort of move down my list but she did get back to me and um you know suggested a few little tweaks to it and which I did and then I saw I signed with her in the April so about a month oh, later wow that's really yeah. that's brilliant that's such a quick turnaround as well it was <laughs> <laughs> so I've only ever written and probably will only ever write fiction but right. so I'm familiar with that process but i'm aware that non-fiction is a very different process what goes into a submission for non-fiction right i mean yes so i'm sort of the opposite side of that in that i have never <laughs> written fiction so know very little about that process but my understanding with fiction is that you you know you tend to give in the whole um, manuscript or most of it whereas with non-fiction um you're really only submitting one chapter right. or sort of writing sample and then you um you put together the content plan of what you know what what would be in each chapter and um you write about you know why why you think this book is current and why this book is relevant and and sort of put together a pitch for why um you should write it but yes you're not actually as a general rule I think it's different if it's memoir I think if it's memoir you're more likely to submit the whole manuscript but if you know for, for general non-fiction you're not submitting the whole thing so then when you do write it it's a little bit more I suppose, you know, there's a bit more input maybe from your publisher and your editor in terms yeah. of the direction that it might take because it's not set in stone right from the start. Yeah, yeah. and obviously they've, they've, you've only written a small portion of it. They've signed off on a pitch. So it's this sort of more official than with yes. fiction where you are most of the time writing your whole manuscript before you even move to the submission process. Exactly. And I think if you're well behaved, um, that is. I know some badly behaved <laughs> friends of mine who submitted when they hadn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to give it a try. <laughs> if it I works, mean, think, it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think um I mean and this is why Beth Campton's course is very good because, you know, I think what she what I learned from that was that you do need when you're submitting a non fiction book proposal to put together a really comprehensive proposal. So it is a um it shows the agent and the editor what it is you want to do but also then when you come to write the book it's your guideline and you you know you just go through and you you, although you haven't written it you know sort of roughly what it is you're going to say in each chapter and how it all fits together so it's like a map you've made yourself a map in advance of writing the book okay so putting all that effort into the proposal actually come like is so helpful not just in terms so of getting helpful. the edit but yeah once you come to, to 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 write the book that's so do you think yeah. the course was invaluable oh it was definitely absolutely yeah I mean I, I recommend it left right and center to anyone who's <laughs> writing it on because I think um you know it's one thing to have an idea for the book and to be able to write the book mm. um but it's another thing to know to, how to sort of pull it all together and that for me was super super helpful right. I mean I think that whilst I, I did lots of research lots of reading um when I was writing the book and there were definitely sort of ways in which it 
slightly change direction based on the research that I was doing. You know, it's not as, it's not completely set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having that having a really sort of well put together proposal shows you the way, definitely. Yes, I mean just. Pla- like in fiction planning and plotting mm. but because you don't send a planner or a plot to an agent so many people <laughs> yeah. are just like oh, i'll just make it up as i go <laughs> yeah, <that's> it. <laughs> so, um you have a very large following on instagram over mm. seventy thousand followers too many people for me to comprehend in my head <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that myself <laughs> <laughs> and your instagram it has a lot of similarities to the book itself about it's a like everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You try and put um, a sort of story through a picture with mm. every post in it. Was that a large kind of inspiration for the the book? Or did they sort of come hand in hand? They're just different explorations of the same kind of thing. Yeah, I think for... I mean, I've been on Instagram for a long time. How um, <laughs> long? Probably about a decade now. Okay. Um, and I think it was kind of an evolution. I mean, I've been interested for a long time um, in the sort of work that I do on Instagram. And before that, I had a blog um, in sort of telling stories of the everyday and of sort of little moments. Um, mm. But also, I suppose, visually, the sort of photos that I take are about finding the sort of magic in um, you know, I don't use Photoshop or anything like that. It's about sort of finding the magic that's already there. Yeah. Um, uh, but in terms of the sort of trajectory of the idea in, oh, I think it was 2015, um, I started a hashtag on Instagram called um, hashtag little stories of my life, little stories of my life. Okay. Um, and the idea behind that hashtag was just getting people to share small stories, really, of their own sort of every day. Um, and... It, it went quite crazy. <laughs> I think there's now about well, more than 2 million posts to it. Wow. Um, and I think that was, it sort of indicated to me that actually that is something that people are interested in. You know, we do care about the little things and everybody, of course, has small stories, has little stories to tell. Um, it, yes. In about 2018, um, I put together an e-course with the same sort of concept the telling okay. stories yeah. um and i enjoyed sort of teaching that and then actually at some point you know in that year in between then and doing the um beth kempton's course i sort of thought actually you know i think there's a book in this i don't think i think there's enough to say and i think it could all be pulled together in a way that would sort of um yeah make it um material for a book so when i did the book proposal masterclass i sort of had that idea at the back of my mind but i wasn't quite sure how to sort of um structure it i suppose and right. you know what, what happened when i took the course was it it helped me to kind of to bring it together um so yeah it was kind of an, an evolution from that hashtag really and then i called the book little stories of your life because um, because it was about the reader, really, and sort of the way that I wrote the book is is addressing the reader directly. So I kind of wanted it to feel like an invitation to them to tell their own stories. Oh, amazing. 
Yeah, it'd be a bit strange if it was little stories of my life. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So now that you are a published author with an agent and everything, Mm. what is the next book going to be? Well, yes, good question. (laughs) So I've got a couple of um, ideas. I I mean, definitely non-fiction. I'm definitely not a fiction writer. Um, So I'm working on a couple of potential ideas, one which would be sort of more along the lines of this book and another one which would be a bit more um, narrative nonfiction, possibly slightly more along the memoir type lines. Um, I mean, what I found interesting about writing this book was that the parts, and I didn't expect this to be the case, the parts that I enjoyed writing the most were the sort of the little stories from my own life of of which there's sort of one or two in each chapter. Um, And so I, I... sort of thought oh maybe I, I could do something that involves a little bit more of a kind of memoir type text so yes yeah, so I'm working on a couple of ideas that that sort of go in that direction a little bit more um, and probably without photographs or at least without as many photographs okay um, right, because right. the thing about you know the, the, the book's got I don't know how many photographs are actually in it but I had to submit I think it was 70 photographs with the manuscript right um you know and actually that is a sort of I mean it's a job in itself, obviously taking seventy yeah, yeah. photographs. And so, um, yeah, I think I'd quite like to just sort of concentrate on the writing for the next book. Oh, okay, yeah. There's there's a difference between a, a sort of illustrated book as opposed to a just prose book in terms right. of the experience when you're kind of going through it. Definitely, and I do think um, there are some books I read a book recently called um, "These Silent Mansions" by Jean Sprackland, which is a um, book about graveyards and sort of mm-hmm. um and I really liked the way she'd put it together in that she just had one there's one black and white photograph at the start of each chapter each each book is each chapter is about a graveyard yeah. and there's one black and white photograph at the start of each chapter um so I think I, I definitely think that the book I've written now is very much an illustrated book um and I think yes I think next I'd be interested in writing a sort of prose book and you know maybe with a few photographs if, if that sort of worked but really with the kind of the words as the focus prose first that's cool no I like yeah. that and you mentioned earlier you've been published in several um publications articles and things like that was there anything that surprised you about the process of finalizing and publishing a book it's interesting I mean it's obviously a much much bigger project you know the, yeah. the the number of words you're writing. And I think I found at the start, I found that quite daunting. Um, just the concept of, um, I think it was 55,000 words that I was, was writing. And, yeah. and that just seemed, you know, almost too much. But I, I, in my head, I very much was just breaking it down and concentrating on one chapter at a time, which then seemed, you know, a bit more manageable. Yeah. Um, and I think what's interesting when you write a book compared to when you submit to a magazine is that um, there's more to and fro. So, you know, I will send something to my editor, she'll send back some suggestions and it goes back and forth. And the same with the copy editor. Whereas when you submit it to a magazine, you submit it and it's gone. You know, you, you don't get to sort of go yeah. back and forth on it really, or I'm not in my experience. So it's it definitely felt more of a kind of um, two-way process before, you know, getting it to publication. With the magazines, do do a lot of the time they'll edit it however they kind of want without your input. So they might take chunks out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly been my experience. And actually, I did spend um, 
um, a couple of years as a deputy editor on 91 magazine, which is an interiors and um, lifestyle magazine, independent magazine. Um, and that's certainly what we would do. You know, the, 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 the copy would come in and then, and yeah, I don't think we ever did any hugely drastic edits, but yeah. you know, it would come in, we'd edit it and then we'd publish it. And there was no sort of, yeah, two way on that. I guess the, t- the, the time it has to actually arrive and then have to go into the publication is, is very quick versus yeah. a book where it's, you know, these things are happening months, sometimes years in advance. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a very different kind of speed of um, process for sure. Yeah. Going back a long way back in time, <laughs> if you could go back to, let's say approximately 10 years ago when you started okay. on Instagram, I would mm. guess, uh, <laughs> And uh, give yourself a piece of advice about, you know, how this journey is going to be or to help yourself on, on, on your storytelling way. What would you say to yourself? I think I'd tell myself not to wait for someone else to give me permission to start. Um, mm. I think there's that. I remember quite clearly at some point deciding whether or not to put writer in my bio. And actually, I you know, I... I don't know why I was waiting for someone to say, you are a writer, because no one's ever really going to do that. You know, you're a writer if you write. And I think I would tell myself that you have to believe you can do it and, you know, actually start taking concrete steps towards what it is you want to do. Because I think it's very, I think if I'd just kept um, hanging back and thinking, oh, I'd like to write a book one day, but I'm not quite sure how to, you know, I'd never have done it. And you just have to take that first step and say, you know, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Excellent advice. And for all walks of life, I think, yeah. well. not just not just for books, you know, if you want to do something, you just have to do it. Don't wait for you permission. Do. That's, um, yeah, that's universally very good advice. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, I have a question for you, which a lot of people struggle with. And I'm sure that we've given people plenty of restless nights asking. And that is, <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island, and had only one book for company, which book would it be? Well, I actually quite like this question. Um, <laughs> what was the first for everything? <laughs> yeah, I did go and look at my bookshelf and have a think. And then actually, in the end, um, it occurred to me that it would have to be poetry. Mm-hmm. As I said, I did my master's in poetry and, you know, I do love to read poetry. And I think that a poetry, you know, I looked at lots of different sort of novels and things Um I just don't think I would read a novel again and again and again in the same way. Um, Whereas poems, I find that, yeah, I never, I never sort of tire of reading them again. So um, it would be poetry. And I think I would go through it for an anthology. So there was a mixture and I didn't have to pick one poet, which I would struggle (laughs) with. (laughs) So um, the book I would choose is called Set Me on Fire, A Poem for Every Feeling. And it's edited by Ella Risbridger. Wow. Um, And it's just a title. Yes, (laughs) it's a really lovely um, poetry anthology and it's just got a real mixture of amazing poets in it. So that is what I would take. If you you did have to pick a handful of poets, who would be at the top of your list? Ooh, that's an interesting question. So (laughs) um, I think I would pick... um, Mary Oliver, because um, actually her one of her poems is the kind of backbone of my book. Um, okay. And I find her poems very um, inspiring. And um, there's a New Zealand poet called Hera Lindsay Bird, who, whose work, work I absolutely love. So I'd probably take her. And, um, and then T.S. Eliot, who I did my um, oh, yes. 
dissertation on because I just think again you would never get bored of reading his the poems because there's just so yeah. much in there isn't there yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's maybe what I do would you ever consider writing poetry yourself um absolutely not I think <laughs> <laughs> no. no I think I, I think maybe I know enough about poetry to know that I'm not someone who can write it um, oh, okay. and I do love it. I do think that um, I write about this in the book a little bit. I do think that studying poetry did sort of influence the way in which I tell stories. I think that um, studying poetry definitely sort of taught me to to look closely at things and to sort of consider the way in which um events and, and feelings and moments you know are sort of connected and held together and you know to sort of look for beauty or poignancy or um you know unexpected sort of feelings in um in sort of everyday events or in you know things that you find discarded on the street I think there's a sense in which um yeah I sort of maybe think differently because I've you know studied poetry but in terms of writing it it's yeah it's not for me <laughs> it's probably yeah. better for everyone if I don't <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that makes a lot of sense because the the premise of your book very much is you know finding those little stories that we all take for granted and you know skip over and that mm. that is a lot of what um, a lot of poetry is is finding the beauty in the mundane Definitely. And I think also, you know, I, I suppose the difference between a poem and a novel is that a poem is, you know, really focused in on one specific yeah. detail, yeah. one specific moment, one specific feeling, one specific experience. And I think that sort of fits with, you know, what I'm talking about in terms of little stories. And it's, um, there's, you know, starting from somewhere very small and starting from a detail and then kind of working outwards rather than working inwards from a sort of overarching plot so yeah there is I think there is a correlation definitely but I would um it sort of um underpins what I'm talking about rather than you know me actually writing yeah the influence is there definitely definitely in itself. yeah amazing well thank you so much laura for coming on the podcast and, and chatting with me and sharing all of your experiences and your and your journey it's been really interesting well thank you so much for having me it's been lovely to talk to you you're most welcome. And for everyone listening, if you want to keep up with what Laura's doing, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Circle of Pines or go to her website, laurapashby.com. Little Stories of Your Life is out now in all the usual places. A great little Christmas present if you're uh, still on the look for stuff. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK and on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. Thanks again, Laura. And thanks everyone listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.